Auburn has no coordinators. Still, how do we feel about this? Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Throwing things for a loop. We are dapping it up on a Friday. Daryl Daprich, <laughs> Montgomery Radio Vet, joining us as he does, following every Auburn football and basketball game. Um, called him up today to, to help us out on this Friday episode. Daryl, there's a lot of, I don't know, panic, borderline panic. I think it depends on where you look, but there's a lot of people feeling a little antsy that there's no coordinators hired, no offensive coordinator, no defensive coordinator. And I think we all agree the defensive coordinator is more important in Hugh Freeze's coaching staff than the UOC, just because I think we all believe Hugh Freeze will call plays. But um, to the Auburn fan out there that is feeling antsy, would you agree with them? Or, or would you say, eh, ho- hold on, I think it's going to be okay? No, I, I think it'd be fine. I think that, that in any in any situation like this, when you're targeting offensive and defensive coordinators, you're parsing a list. You're going through a list, and there may be a couple of names that you get turned down, but it's not like a head coach scenario where there's a lot of coordinators out there that can do a great job for Auburn, that'll want to come to Auburn. And so you've got choices. You've got options. And there's some that I I feel strongly that Hugh Freeze probably isn't even considering that has reached out because it's not a good fit. Sure. So you you kind of parse through that. You kind of go through that. You see maybe maybe some are still coaching the NFL right now. Maybe some are still coaching, getting ready for a bowl game, doesn't want to leave his players or his team. So I would sit tight on that and, and pump the brakes a little bit from a defensive coordinator standpoint. Offensive coordinator – by, by title only, right? Unless you get a guy that you want to get in here on your staff for that fifth recruiter, a receivers coach, quarterback coach that can recruit the heck out of some kids, I get the urgency there. But a defensive coordinator obviously is more of a need because it's apparent that Hugh Freeze is going to turn the defense over. So I would relax. I think something that Brandon Marcello said today, he wrote and reported, he's got some inf- inside information on this coaching carousel, he calls it. It's his it's his daily piece. And he said, look, don't look for Auburn to hire an offensive or defensive coordinator till Monday or Tuesday of next week. Now, he he came with the caveat and said, now, surely it could happen. It might happen before then. But don't panic. It might be Monday or Tuesday. Hugh Freeze has targeted who he wants. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's putting all of his energy and expending all of his energy into meeting kids, players, whether that's recruits or portals, he feels like that's a higher priority because he knows the coaching situation is going to be there. It's not going anywhere. So if he's your lead recruiter and he's your best closer, he needs to be in front of dudes right now. There's no doubt about it. I I think he came in and did some talent evaluation. This is just talking and hearing from folks from scouting. I think he's blown away by where this roster is. Not in a good way. I I think he realizes there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. And props to him, and we'll talk about this more later in the show. He's not settling. He's not saying, well, you're here. We'll work with you now. He wants to get a better roster ASAP, and that's the beauty of what the transfer portal offers for first-year coaches. You can reload quick. All this crap that we heard, if Auburn doesn't handle things right, they'll be 
in the wilderness for 40 years. It's like, I don't think that exists anymore in college football. If, if you have the assets and you have the guy that can write the ship quickly, the, the transfer portal and NIL, if you have the assets and funds to throw at it, we'll, um, we'll do that. Do you remember here? Here's my theory a mm -hmm. little. I want to add a little bit to, to your comments on, on Marcelo's report and what I think Marcelo is saying. It totally makes sense. But do you remember a year ago when we kind of felt like we had some positive momentum going into early signing day and everybody's like, Trevon Reed is just locking down everybody. Right. And right. so, he was doing that. My understanding is he was doing that because he got moved to like being a position coach temporarily because you can only have so many guys out on the road, these on-field coaches that are engaging with, with prospects, with recruits. And I also think he's a little slow to do this because I think he feels good about the guys that he has going out, some of these analysts that he's brought in. And, and I think it's interesting, like, who Auburn's social media has like announced and who hasn't, because I think they're still trying to figure out who's where and they need to fill out a coaching staff eventually, but there's no reason to do it now because they need the guys that know these kids already like on staff recruiting. And so I think some of this is just a timing thing, which lines up with what Marcelo is saying as well. So um, just kind of keep all of that in mind when it comes to recruiting, like it's all about relationships. Relationships, relationships, relationships. You freeze gets that, and um, he, he's getting in front of a bunch of kids. And look, there's a bunch of kids coming in town this weekend. There is, and I think that that, that point about Trevon Reed last year, they would have had to pull him off the trail if Ryan Harson would have hired somebody, and and that would have been brutal, right? So well, you there, look there at, was so much talk like, why are they not hiring a defensive line because, coach? And yeah, they could have hired you, Jimmy Brumbaugh in five minutes if they wanted to. Exactly, and he wasn't going to help you on the trail where Trevon Reed was. So I think two points, two counterpoints to that. Number one, when you talk about Hugh Freeze looking at the roster and realizing what bad shape it is, let's be honest, that's not just a Brian Harson problem. That goes back to 2020 recruiting with Gus Malzahn in 2019. It speaks volumes to me that an all-SEC team gets announced and the only Auburn uh, freshman, all-freshman, all-SEC freshman team gets announced and the only Auburn player is a is a portal transfer guy, Robbie Ashford. Sure. Nobody that got recruited from Brian Harson as a freshman made that team, and it, that just blows my mind. From it goes to show you in twenty and twenty one when people said this is going to come back to bite you. Now the portal really was in, an, in its Hunter infancy got it, though, as a freshman, not this yeah, year, obviously, yeah, but last year, right? And and it, it, and the it. portal was in its infancy. And I want to say this about the transfer portal. You know, you don't have to wait as long to have a quick turnaround. You don't have to build two, three years, like you said. Mm -hmm. If there was no transfer portal, USC would be seven and five this year. Maybe. Period. Maybe. Period. They yeah. got they got Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, to two of the best players in the, their positions in college football. If you don't get Caleb Williams and you don't get Jordan Addison, you ain't going eleven and two. I'm sorry, sure. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. Jordan Addison is a Belitnikoff winner from last year. Ole Miss got compared. Ole Miss got to seven and eight wins because of the transfer portal. They don't get there without the transfer portal. TCU, Sonny Dykes used the transfer portal. He's in the college football playoff. We want to be realistic. I'm not saying that Hugh Freeze is going to use the portal, go out and get 20 dudes and be in the playoff, but I do think you can get to eight or nine wins or eight wins and get to a bowl game similar to what like Chiswick did 
in 2009 when Auburn won the Outback Bowl and then built it in the next year. You can get dudes in the portal, get better quicker, and and get to eight or nine wins. And all we ever want to see is progress, right? And that's that's what we want to look at next year. You can win eight games and feel really good about it because you'll see the arrow trending upwards. And the transfer portal allows you to do that. And I think Hugh Freeze is very, very smart to ex- to expend all this energy into that right now. Yeah, and obviously you don't have to stop there. Tennessee, right? Which it looked yeah. like. I mean, they're quarterback. They almost had a Heisman winner. If he would have been healthy, he probably would have won the Heisman. So should have been it. Should have been there instead of Stetson Bennett, in my Uh, opinion. Anyway, Alabama has at least one more loss, maybe more, if Jameer Gibbs is not on that team. It's a good point. And then look what uh, Jamison Williams did for Alabama last year. That's right. I mean, he was a stud. And I think when you talk about some of the kids coming on campus, you know, this weekend, you've got a quarterback named Marcel Reed, who's a four-star Ole Miss commit that's coming in. Um, Darren Reed is coming the commit from Louisiana and supposedly bringing some dudes as well. Uh, there's some, there's some other guys that, uh, Rara Thomas was on campus yesterday. Yeah. Hold, let, let's hold up. Let, let's yeah. talk about prospects we're excited about potential mm-hmm. targets that we're excited about both transfer portal and recruiting in just a moment right here on locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at bet online Bet online is the best place to wager on all of your sports betting needs. They also have things outside of sports, reality TV show lines, uh, eSports. If you're into that sort of thing, they've got all of it at Bet Online. You see it there. Odds, news, and scores. They've got the latest for all of it. So be sure to check it out. Bet Online. it's where the game starts. Daryl Daprich, our guest, as we are dapping it up on this Friday. We're doing casual fr- business casual Friday is what it is, right? I kind of sprung this on you. So, That's all right. Um, That's cool. No, it's great. It's fun. If you could pick one player in the portal right now to be added to Auburn's roster. Wow. That is a great question. It doesn't have to be Um, reasonable. I'm telling you. Mine's Javion Cohen. Yeah, I knew you you were going to say that. I'm going to go with uh, EJ Williams. Why? I want that. I want wide receiver one. EJ Williams, receiver at Clemson. Um, Jamie on Cohen, who I just mentioned, he is a, he is an offensive they're lineman. Both, they're from the same school, by the way, they're from the same yeah, high they're school. They're both central. Too, kids, by the way. central yeah. City. yeah. I think I like EJ Williams upside. Is he a I wide that, receiver one? I think he could be. And, He's not better than Camden Brown. Well, I mean, I, you know, you're talking to the Camden, the, the founder of the Camden Brown fan club. But I think he's more. I think he's more established than Camden Brown. He's got more experience, obviously. I think he's got. He reminds me of a little bit better Coy Moore. That was a little underutilized. Now I know there's Ra Rod Thomas is out there. I just realistically, I'd love to add him. You follow kid EJ Williams came in higher ranked. You know, I I just I'd like to add him in the portal. I, Cohen's a good choice. Yeah. Um, I tell you who else? I, the Rhode Island kid, the offensive tackle from Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name right now. He's a monster. And then the coolest name, the tight end uh, that from Florida International. Yeah, I think that he looks like Evan Ingram and uh, that hybrid between the hashes. And I think someone like him. I, I just I envision next year us doing a reaction podcast, all smiles compared to the first seven this year. <laughs> Giddy boogin, like you guys would say, like the kids say, boogin, and going wow. How about that two tight end set with this kid and 
Landon King up to half. I mean, you know, something like that where you pick your poison on who, what linebacker is going to have to cover them, those yeah. kind of things. So I like, and I, and I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see some movement with some things that Hugh Freeze identifies as not only needs, but wants. Wants, saying, look, I, I want that. I may have another tight end that's really good. I may have three or four receivers that I'm really high on, yeah. but I want this kid. He's a difference maker. Yeah, I think there's going to be a few guys that we gain commitments from this weekend. Like, I think you're going to get that offensive lineman. He's a left tackle at Charlotte. He may Brown? Be, yeah. yeah, he may be a guard for us. Uh, his name is Jordan Brown. Um, he didn't play a lot. He's played like, I wrote about it. I think it was 64 offensive snaps. He played 20 snaps on like field goal protection. So we're looking at 80 snaps on the year. He's a redshirt freshman last season. He'll be a redshirt sophomore this upcoming year, but it's like you want guys like that because you need them for more than just this year. Like you want to start getting system guys in to build around Hugh Freeze's offense. So like that's a guy that I think makes us better. I don't know if it makes us better in 23, but like I would, I, I want to add him. You mentioned Ra Ra Thomas. He's probably top five. If I'm in a wish list, he'd be, he'd be in the top five for me. Um, the wide receiver from Mississippi State caught got two touchdowns against us a few weeks ago, but that would be uh, that. I mean, that's just another one where it's like, man, you talk about number one wide receiver. I I think he's way better than EJ Williams. Well, he is. I'm just trying to be realistic. I, I guess you didn't ask me to be realistic, so I no, I'd like to looking. change. I'd like to change my answer. Then I, I'd like to say yes. I would like uh, Ra Ra Thomas. I was trying to be a little bit more, you know, di- you know, say realistic and practical. Uh, by the way, that tight end's name, and the reason why I couldn't remember is because it's such a special name, Rivaldo Fairweather. Fairweather. Just a sweet name. Rivaldo Fairweather. Awesome. Up the seam. I can hear Andy Burcham saying it now. But, yeah, I think yeah. Ra Ra Thomas, I think the tackle from Rhode Island, I like him a lot. Um, uh, th- there's a, there's another – there's a linebacker. That, no, there's a – oh, the, the Texas A&M kid. And there's so many of the Texas A&M kids that hit the portal, but there was one that was really intriguing to me. The Rhode and, Island kid's name is uh, Johnny Cornelius. See, these names are tough to remember, man. Sorry, but yeah, that I we're like gonna, him. We're going to have to learn like 20 of them? I we think? will. And that's the problem wild. is there's so many. Um, but there's a Texas A&M kid, either linebacker or defensive back. You know, linebacker is a position. Everybody talks about both lines, offensive oh, and we defensive need line. So we, need li- we need two linebackers, in my opinion. I think we need two linebackers, and I think we need two linebackers that can come in and start immediately. I, that's just – you know, or or at least play a lot of snaps next to Cam Riley because. Yeah, so let's play this game just for a second. I sure. didn't tell you we we're going to do this. I'm, I'm so, up for it. Uh, depending on who you ask, I think a lot of people would say Arnett is the leading candidate for DC. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, he's currently the DC at Mississippi State. But if it's Zach Arnett, he runs a three-three-five. Right. What does our front six look like in a three like in a three-three-five? So well, you, I know who the nose tackle would be Jason Jones. Jason Jones. Uh, is Harris back? Yeah, he hasn't said anything otherwise. So, so you put him at the end. You put him at the end. Um, I'm trying to think. There was there was somebody else that got some snaps late in the year. You and I, I'm Dylan gonna, Brooks there? Nope, I move him to linebacker. You put him as one of the outside linebackers. Yeah, okay. one outside linebacker because of his size. You put Emba there? Emba's the other one. Emba, okay. Jones, Harris. Cam Riley, 
Dylan Brooks and go get a stud linebacker in the portal and you'd be okay, but you no, I'm just no talking depth. like right now. I'm just kind of yeah. illustrating like that's not good enough. No, it's not. I <laughs> mean, and, I mean it, it's really not. Do you, do you get a safety that's on the current roster like Auburn used to do and bulk them up a little bit and put them at the star linebacker position or three, you know, the other linebacker? I don't know. I think I think you're better off. You're better suited playing an undersized an undersized edge at linebacker and moving them to the outside linebacker position, then bulking up a safety. I mean, it's just like there, there's not, there's just not a lot up there right now. No, there's not. And that's why he's going to have to hit it hard. I mean, and like those just, three guys are good, like up front, but it's like, you, you need more. Like if one of those guys goes down, like, I don't know who's next. Oh, you know, the defensive line position I, I've learned in the sec you better be able to rotate six or seven. I mean, I, I just never would have thought that. Six or seven dudes have to play a lot of snaps for you consistently every game, I think, for you to have a, a, a salty defense in the SEC. I mean, it just – I think – do I, I did that mental exercise when I was driving home earlier, and it's like we are so far away from having, like, an SEC West roster. Now, I think you can add 15 dudes in the portal, and if you get – three defensive linemen. I think that helps you, but man, it's still even that it's like, I just, I just feel like we're far away. <laughs> Here's what you hope. The, the first two years of the portal, it seemed like you were going to get guys that couldn't play at other universities as far as a playing time situation. So they slid over to your school and it worked out good for Auburn. Auburn got some good players that way. Sure. Where the game has changed. It's become more like free agency with on to victory, now you hope just not to get a kid that can't play at Georgia or can't play, isn't getting the playing time. You want to get a kid that's at a school that wants to play big-time college football, maybe a Big 12 guy or a Pac-12 guy wants to come out to the SEC or an ACC guy that was a stud for their ACC school. Right. Or, or you want to get another SEC player that comes from a school that doesn't have the kind of NIL Auburn does, so Auburn can outbid them. So that's where you've got a little bit more of advantage. The first two years without NIL, you were just hoping to get a guy that was not getting playing time at his present school and was trying to, you know, I want to get some playing time, so I'm going to leave Georgia, I'm going to leave wherever, or a group of five kid that wanted to move up. Now you can go look somebody right in the eye from Ole Miss or Mississippi State or you know, wherever, South Carolina, well, they're holding on to a lot of players. Kentucky, someone like that, and say, hey, we can pay you more from NIL. You started there, come start for us. It really does become free agency, and it's an outbidding situation. Before we, we move on to our final topic of Hugh Freeze not settling on talent, there's another name I was texted today to keep an eye on. I believe he's visiting – Um, I've only seen it from this one text. I'm assuming it's true, but – Dante Thornton, he is a receiver at Oregon that has entered the portal. On Oregon's website, they have him as a sophomore. So he'll either be a redshirt sophomore or a junior um, if he were to transfer here. But he's listed, Daryl, at 6'5", 199. Dante Thornton. Man, I, I love that size. There's also yes, another please. receiver that committed that's uh, Darvin Adams' cousin that committed to Western Kentucky that's going to be on campus this weekend. Three-star kid. Why is Darvin Adams' cousin not at Auburn? <laughs> well, because of who our freaking coach was. He was he was more concerned about handing out biscuits 
at, at uh, you know, in line and not recruiting and going to get get legacies. There's too many legacy kids that he just let go that just drive me crazy. It well, just like drives this, uh, me crazy. Uh, Colton Hood. Listen- Isn't Colton Hood a legacy kid? Yeah. Roger Hood. Yeah. Roger Hood. He started 18 games. You put in the yeah. NFL. Like, I think, how is he I think, not? I think Colton's going to be back in the fold. That's all the crystal balls have predicted. He's going to be back with yeah, Auburn. Yeah, he's been so committed to good. Michigan State since September. Yeah. But it's like, I asked John Garcia on yesterday's show. I don't know if you heard it there. I'm like, how? Why, why wasn't he already committed? Like, were we not calling him? And he's like, I don't think you were. I was like, what in the world is going on? And well, he was taking official visits and unofficial visits, but it's like, why, how did it get to that point? It's just crazy to me. It is. It's, it, it's the ineptitude and, and just the absolute swing and misses. I mean, you know, Judkins is the one that we keep going back to, but when you talk and, and he's right in your own backyard and you have every opportunity to he watch him play. Dying to come. It's he just was like the layups, just the layups. Take the I wonder, layup. I wonder if, I mean, I know this sounds simplistic, but it was, and maybe this is the case. I know people have speculated that rather than going out and watching some of this other talent on Friday nights at these high school games at Central Phoenix City and Opelika down the road yeah. in Montgomery, he just wanted to watch his kid play. I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it. I'm a dad. You know, you're a dad. I mean, I get that. But when you have a job to do, you know, you you need to recruit. You need to go watch some guys live. There's nothing better. Tape is one thing. I'm telling you, I, I keep going back to Jeremiah Cobb. Mm-hmm. You watch him on huddle, it's one thing. Watch him leaning on the fence 10 feet away, and my mouth dropped open. I mean, yeah. it, it was just you, – you cannot quantify and you cannot get the same type of evaluation on tape than watching it live. So Hugh, Hugh Freeze's ability to, to not settle – on the current roster, Daryl, I, I think is fascinating. I want to touch more on that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Daryl, I'm keeping you up here because you have ordered from Alumni Hall. Oh, yes. Hall. I love Alumni Hall. Love Great it. ordering experience. Wonderful. Great shipping. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you use the website, right? I use the website. I got it shipped right to my daughters. I had a grandbaby that I got some gear for. It's pretty cool. It was really cool to be able to do that. Her first little Auburn cheerleading outfit came from Alumni Hall. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, so... If you're thinking about uh, Christmas gifts, whether they live in town or out of town, if you're watching this, odds are you have other Auburn fans in your life that you love and care for, and there's no better way to give them some love than to get them something from Alumni Hall. And all of their stuff is officially licensed through the university. They don't have just clothes. They've got memorabilia and knickknacks, anything Auburn you could think of. They've got Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall has it for you. So, I go to the physical store that's located in Tigertown all the time in Opelika if you're in the area. Or if you're outside of the area, which a lot of you are, go to alumnihall.com. See, I was able to use that sweet promo code, too, when I ordered by ordering online. The little locked-on promo code gave me 15% off. Yep, absolutely. All right, so, Daryl, the big thing to me about Hugh Freeze is you're seeing all of these kids that were committed and Auburn didn't have a ton committed. You're seeing several of them um, decommit. And some of them may be decommitments, but I think a, a good amount of them, Daryl, are them being processed, right? Saying, hey, this isn't a take anymore. Maybe it's mutual. Who knows? But to me, like, and actually Williams, I think, is the biggest one where it's like he seemed like somebody that everybody wanted. But um mm-hmm. 
I don't think this staff necessarily feels that way, which I think in the short term, maybe a hair concerning, but Hugh Freeze, I, I mean, the guy has a vision of what he wants his roster to look like, and, and he's doing everything he can to make that vision happen. I, it's respectable. It's really, really respectable. I was a little uh, surprised and a little bit disappointed with the Hopkins decommit because he at the time was our highest rated recruit high four-star receiver from Georgia. I, I, thought, Darryl, I, I really I wonder, liked him. I wonder if that one was a process thing or if he didn't retain kill your, I think yeah, that was an I, I kill your thing. I do too. Now, Harkless and um, Williams, I think, were Auburn being, you know, basically being honest and forthright and up front and having bigger fish to fry, whether it's in the portal or whether it's uh, getting some recruits in here on campus. Because what what is Auburn at, 11 recruits right now? I'd love to see them. If they could get to 20, if Auburn can get to between 18 and 20 by early signing day, I think that would be a phenomenal job. And then I, I would, unlike Brian Harson, I think you Freeze will pick up three or four more in February as well. I hope so. Uh, I, I absolutely hope so. But to your point, yes, he's he's not settling – He's 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 looking at his roster and saying I need spots and I want to upgrade these positions and I know that the portal is huge right now and I can bring to bring guys in and to have remember this is exactly what happened last year in my opinion there were a lot of offensive linemen in the portal but Brian Harson couldn't go out and get them cuz every freaking offensive lineman that ever played a snap for Auburn came back last year and their backups and their backups. Right. I mean, what did Auburn have? Eight guys that played significant snaps, snaps come back. So you couldn't go out to into the portal and say, hey, come play offensive tackle for us. They're like, you got a two, three-year starter coming back and his backup. And you may not even have the scholarship room to do it. They do this year because of the whole – I think this is the second year, the COVID rule, where you just get to 85. You could sign 30 if you needed to to get That's to right. the 85 number. So the more you process – the more openings to go get better dudes. And so it used to not be that way. If a guy left, you could you could only still sign X amount into that class. Not anymore. That spot opens up. You go fill it with someone you feel like is better. Couldn't do that last year because, like I said, every offensive lineman came back. He can do that this year. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just concerning to some extent that everybody's leaving at the same time. Like I think Auburn has one SEC offensive lineman. Jeremiah Wright, I think that's it. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't Sometimes, know. Sometimes, I mean, I'm two not, weeks. I know that I know <laughs> the offensive line played better the last three or four games, but you could say that old adage that it's a blessing or it's a curse that you have to that you've graduated all those offensive linemen. I don't yeah, know. You, you got to get them right now. You, yeah, you better go back and you better go get you know four or five dudes. You better hope Tate Johnson. You know, I think they want more than four or five off after after. Talking to people, I, I think I'm, I'm talking about five I'm, offensive line. Oh no, I'm not. I'm talking about four or five dudes that are going to start or play significant snaps. Yeah. You made you need to get eight or nine just to have the depth. But right now, outside of Jeremiah Wright, I would try to upgrade at center guard. I mean, I, you know, with Keandre Jones getting into the portal, which is I, I thought he's a guy that could have came back and really made an impact uh, next year. Start. I think he, he wants. I, I do too, because you know he played so well his first two years. Last year did not so. Yeah, but uh, I, it, it seems like everybody else that left via the portal. Do you think any of them like they would just want it out? Because like I don't get that vibe from no, Washington. No, Capers was in the portal, 
then came back. Probably got spoken to, had a real honest conversation with him, and right? And he's like, all right, I'm officially yeah. in the portal again. Like, <laughs> that, that's when you know that, there was that's somebody. that's process, I don't know what yeah, is. Yeah, that's when somebody got a hold of him, talked to him, was very honest with him and said, here's where you stand. And I, and I like that. I respect that. I think I don't think anybody is leaving going, oh, I can't stand this new regime. I don't like these coaches. I don't like this coaching staff. I want to get the heck out of here. I think it's more of a case of they're going to bring some dudes in here, yeah. and I've got some dudes in front of me. So I better get on with my life's work and find somewhere else to play. No one is like the Mississippi State running back calling our coach by his last name and saying he thought he was soft and he wanted him gone anyway. <laughs> my goodness. That guy, Williams, I believe his name from Mississippi State, that's not how you get in the transfer portal. I, I believe that's going to come back and bite him. I really do. I just yeah, don't he's, think. He's pretty good, though. So it, some people may look yeah, past, but we'll see. Yeah. Then Lane Kiffin retweeting, it's hilarious. Um, oh, yeah. Daryl? Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for dapping it up on a Friday. How can people um, How can people give you some love? Uh, you can follow me at Twitter. A lot of people do, and I'll follow you back. I love the interaction. It's down below there, at DAPP6410. Uh, Monday mornings from 710 to 730. I'm on Albuquerque this morning with our good friend Ben Taylor on WANI. And then tomorrow, let's see, Saturday night, we'll be doing a little live post-game reaction to Auburn and Memphis from Atlanta. So That's I'll we'll right. be back on. Games yeah. at four, so we'll go. We'll go live. Uh, Love going live show on YouTube. Yeah. Post the audio right after that. So yeah. there we go. That'll be fun. Quick programming note: I will be on a cruise next week. I've paid for the best internet that I can get on said cruise, so I think I'll be good. But if not, um, I may not be on the show. We will still have a show. Lindsay, Lindsay has agreed to kind of be the backup, so we'll see how that goes. But just quick programming note in case you don't tune in over the weekend. But we'll see what happens there. Join the Discord. It's free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. You can read all my written work at auburndaily.com. And if you want to compete in bowl picks against other Locked On Auburn listeners, that link is in the episode description down below as well. We will see you tomorrow. Recap a little Auburn basketball right here on Locked On Auburn.